This podcast is sponsored by Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast Classic Episodes. This episode comes to you from March the 31st, 2016, and it features Joe Sims, a Bristol actor and now friend of the podcast. Uh, it was great to talk to Joe um, at a Derby away game a few months before, um, and he was interested in coming on the podcast to talk about his journey into acting, his love for Bristol City, and a number of other things. It was great to have the conversation um, off the back of his feature in Broadchurch, um, amongst other things. So uh, listen to lo- listen along to this episode. Um, just to say as well, it's today is the 29th of December. I will hope you've all had a great Christmas and are able to celebrate the new year in the next few days. Um, but for now, I'm going to hand over to myself and Mike. No Rich on this episode. He was off enjoying the darts. Um, which I've been doing myself the last few days and hope you have too. And there's been World's Strongest Man and all sorts going on. Um, if you haven't done so already, check out Wurzel Gummidge as well. That was one of my uh, one of my things I was looking forward to with the kids over over the Christmas period. Um, so I recommend you check that out. Uh, by way of recommendations as well, uh, Don't Look Up was um, on Netflix and not so sure about that one. It was great message, great stories in there but um yeah it was a, f- a funny blend of action and comedy but uh, yeah worth a watch i'd say um and today i watched the first episode of the uh, the book of boba fett on disney plus so if for any star wars fans obviously worth checking that one out but uh, for now i'm going to hand over to myself and mike and we did interview joe over facetime so the sound quality isn't as <laughs> as i would like it but it definitely, uh, you can definitely get the messages, and, and um, it's a it's a good conversation with Joe. So for now, we'll speak to you later. Cheers. Okay. Um, so just for the record, please can you confirm your name? Uh, my name is uh, Joseph Richard Sims. Um, in the room, we've got two peeps: Mike Pedley, uh, Sailor Mike. Hello, Mike. And uh, we've got me, Patch Warner. The time is 20 hundred hours. I'm going to come straight out with it. Did you kill Danny Latimer? I'm going to come straight out with it. Where's the three peeps? <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, the third peep is um, forgot he was at the darts um, in Cardiff. So he's um, currently singing something like, uh, Oh, Michael Van Gerwen or something like that. <laughs> Well, he probably did do that as well, to be fair. But um, he's, not, he's not going to see any of the darks. He's so battered after a couple of points. Exactly. <laughs> right, okay. So yeah, he's so that, he's, he's, a, he's a cheap date, is he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So welcome to welcome to the podcast, Joe. Um, thanks for joining us. You've been seen on such things as Broadchurch 
uh, more recently Beowulf. And looking on IMDb, you've got 24 acting credits. So uh, congratulations for that. I'll tell you what, mate, this is, it's very nice that um, the lovely people still put me in their TV shows that allow me to pay their mortgage, but um, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, that, uh, that job application form for Greg's the Bakers is never too far away from the inbox. No, well, it's the hardest game in the world, isn't it, acting? <laughs> I don't know about that, dude. I mean, I'm very, very grateful to be doing it, and uh, you know, I get to do something I love every day, so uh, I'm not down to salt mines, that's for sure. Excellent. Okay. I've known about you as an actor for a long time, because I used to work with Adam Sims, but... Probably about ten years ago now. He said, "Do you back then?" He said about yeah. He said his mate, his mate's brother was an actor. Did you do like a film in Indonesia or something? Something in the Far East? Yeah, I did. I played the I played the head of a torture facility called uh, Sergeant the Graf, and um, I was going around <laughs> and pulling teeth uh, out of uh, right. people's heads uh, with pliers and dumping their bodies in the dead <laughs> of night. It was very cool. Yeah, I got to live out in Bali for six months, which was oh, uh, right. a dream come true, really. Yeah, that's not bad, is it? So, so like, not, too, not too bad at all. I will tell you though, Adam Sims um, once tried to dissuade Theo Walcott from being a professional footballer. He did, yeah, because he said he said Theo used to. Did he stay at the same digs that Adam used to when he was at Southampton? Yeah. After Adam got after Adam got dropped by Southampton, yeah. he got to come back and was talking to the next generation up, which was Theo Walcott, and he was like, oh, "Honestly, mate, he was like, you need to get yourself a trade, get your head on it." <laughs> Worst advice ever. Never listen to Adam Sims. So from... uh, that, that, that's the taking message from tonight's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Never listen to Adam Sims. <laughs> right, so um, I've noticed, Joe, that looking through your shows, you seem to play a lot of mentalists. Ex- discuss. Oh, I mean, discuss. Have you type? You I, typecast. Uh, I'm stiff, three inches tall, with a shaven head, and not very easy on the eye. <laughs> um, like, yeah, it's very easy to get pigeonholed, unfortunately. Uh, but you know. When uh, life gives you lemons, then you make lemonade, don't you? <laughs> well, exactly. Um, so, in Broadcourt and in general, um, one of my observations, and particularly in the cafe as well, on Sky One, um, right. there seem to be some terrible Bristolian accents. Um, well, there should be on Broadchurch because it's not set in Bristol, it's set, it's, it's set down in Dorset. Yeah, but on... And or, or, or actually the fictional, uh, the fictional place of Wessex. Oh, is it? Right, okay. But, yeah. but like, so who knows what a Wessex accent's meant to sound like? Could be anything, couldn't it? Yeah, but like, so have you ever watched the cafe? I was just just seeing see people who seem to put on Bristolian accents and get it very wrong. Does, does that annoy you? Was was a question. Oh, like, do people get Bristolian accents annoy me? Uh, like getting them wrong. I, I don't know. To be fair, uh, I, I gotta say, I'll take I'll take off to uh, like go to, to everyone in Broadchurch. I haven't seen the cafe, but uh, I think that there was a uh, well, you know, I helped them a lot with their West Country accents in Broadchurch. So, uh, like, I guess if uh, if they were a bit off, then I'm the one to blame. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, they are actually fantastic, mate. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so, let's go back to the start. Early memories of growing up in Oldland. I didn't grow up in Oldland, so where, I don't where, know. Whereabouts? Uh, where what it was like for everybody else. My mum and dad moved to Oldland now. Like when we were all growing up, right? We weren't well off enough to live in Oldland Common, but the minute me and my brother threw the net, flew the nest, they're, uh, they're living out on the Oldland Common gravy train, having a wheel of a time. Nice. Where, so where did you grow up then? Uh, Kingswood, and then, uh, and then later on moved out to uh, Longwell Green. Uh, right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a Longwell Grenian, so. Uh... They're in the same Very nice. I grew up uh, bathing in the warm glow of the Asda. Nice, 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 very nice, yeah. Um, so the next question was dolphin or cherry tree, but that doesn't really apply either. But you got you had mates in Oldland. 
Mate, they've just shot the cherry tree. Have they? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's brought going to be flat yeah. tonight. Oh. End of an era. Used to be the golden triangle. Used to have the crane and all the shoot. Then they were to the dolphin, then thanks to the cherry tree. But now it's just a golden loin. <laughs> and um, very disappointing. What's the one at the Hollybush? Is um, is a sort of a restaurant now, isn't it? More so. Oh, that's sw- that's swanky. I don't know. I've got to say. I mean, I, 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 you know, I'm not one to plug things, but you know, if you get yourself there for a Sunday roast, uh, take your young lady or uh, somebody else's young lady if you want to. Why don't you just smash it? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely give that a go then. Um, <laughs> so obviously, obviously from Bristol, um, give us three what reasons. Gave me away? I don't know, mate. It might be um, might be the colour of your hair. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what colour. I haven't seen it since the nineties. <laughs> you and me both, mate. You and me both. However, I did um, on your on your show reel. I did see that um, you had hair in in um, the uh, Christopher Jeffries thing. So how did that come about? Oh well, you know that that was. Is I it had like to grow it it? sprayed on? And, and then and then well right, I had to grow it. And then um, they, they, they gave me extensions onto the top of whatever I had. So um, <laughs> I, was doing, I was doing a bit of theatre at the time as well. So I had to, I had to grab it as long as I possibly could. Right. Then I had the hair extensions. Then I had it dyed jet black. Now, I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, I also had to be a little bit naked in that. And uh, I had to have a very candid conversation with, uh, <laughs> with, with the uh, makeup lady as to uh, what colour, uh, whether the kind of... Uh, the carpets match the curtains. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember that scene. Maybe I deleted it from my hard drive. And your memory. Deleted it. I bet. I, I bet. It's, I bet it's sticking like a VHS. Because I watched it so many times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's um. Like, yeah, but in the end, I didn't have to. Uh, I, I, I didn't have to dye my pubic hair. And uh, oh, that's good. Then. I lived to fight another day. Excellent. So, so where I was going with that question is, give us, give us a few reasons why you think Bristol is so great. This is a Bristol podcast. Um, most listeners are from Bristol, although we've got a few uh, few outside of Bristol and outside of the UK, actually. But um, sell Bristol for us. I think Bristol, for a start, I just like you know. I think the people are excellent. Thank you. Um, like, and, and, <laughs> and, like it's, it's been voted time and time again to be the country's uh, like you know, the country's most smiley city. I think there's a group of people that get down uh, with one of them clickers. You know, them clickers, the kind of people. Yeah. Um, and then they smile at strangers and the people who give you the most smiles back. Um, I think like you know, like you know, Bristol comes out as a, is is the, the the country's smiliest city. Yeah. And I just feel like we're a bit more chilled out than everybody else. We just don't take things as seriously, maybe as other cities. And because of that, I think that. You know, like you know, look, people are just—they're they're very creative, but are also very cool, very laid back, and we don't let anything phase us. Like here in London, everybody's in a little bit of a kind of excited hurry, and London can kind of chew you up and spit you out. Yeah. But I think Bristol's just got, uh, like, you know, got a really nice balance about it, a really nice feel, and I think that that's why it's a city that doesn't suffer with the brain drain like a lot of people. Like, you know, people uh, in other cities or whatever get all these intelligent people come to their cities or whatever, go to universities and then chip off. Mm. But Bristol's strikes such a lovely balance and has got it so right that people don't, like, you know, don't leave Bristol the minute they got their degree or the minute they, you know, graduate from school or get an apprenticeship or what. They stay and make the city better and, like, you know, it's because of that that you see it generation after generation just, just improving and just, like, you know, just being one of the, the, the the most exciting and vibrant places to live in the UK. Yeah, it's maybe one of the more comedy answer than that. But no, no. Um, yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm genuinely, I'm so, I, I'm so excited about it. Um, I'm coming in. Are you? What? So that was my next question: was um, when are you going to come back to Bristol then? Well, turns turn out August. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you move to London? Then, what did you move to London in the first place for opportunities or? 
Yeah, I think so. I think as an actor, the, the thing is, when you start out is is like an acting, then you need to have like you know loads of different side hustles and stuff. So you're either working in bars or working in call centers or uh, like you know working in restaurants, just doing whatever you can, like you know just got, like you know grabbing every spare pound that you can mm. um, and trying to snatch some acting work on the side. Oftentimes you're in a the theatre or whatever, and you're like you know you're doing fringe and you're not getting paid a lot. Um, so being in London. Is going to like you know, is going to be helpful for all your auditions and stuff because all the auditions are in London, right? So, um, so I could have like an after, I could take like an hour off for me lunch, working in the call center, go and do that audition, then come back and I don't lose any money. But obviously in Bristol, making the commute, then that's a whole day's money gone. Mm. Um, I'm very lucky now, and like you know, I'm very privileged to like you know, to say that I can be a bit more kind of. Uh, discerning or like you know just to, to take a bit more time and stuff so I, I guess that I'm fortunate enough that I can act from Bristol or London now and so uh, and it's, it's for that reason then uh, like you know I'm, I'm you know I, I'm coming in I want to spend time with my family I want to spend time um, with, with like you know my friends and yeah. I want to spend time walking distance away from the mecca of English football <laughs> exactly which well we'll, uh, we'll come on to a few uh, football related questions a bit later um, okay. but um, so, yeah, so you're coming back to Bristol, great. Um, obviously, one of the questions that people have asked me to ask you is how you, how did you get started in the acting game um, and what advice would you give to uh, budding young actors? Um, I, I, I started, uh, well, I started, I started because uh, uh, I was rubbish at football is the honest answer. Right. I really wanted to, uh, I wanted to go and play be a professional football player for Bristol City, but unfortunately, me, um, my feet would never do what my brain told it to. So unfortunately, I needed to try and get good at something else. Um, and I had an amazing drama teacher in my school. I went to Sir Bernard Level School, and um, I had a fantastic drama teacher called Mandy Langston, um, who was um, our drama teacher, and she uh, did some work as a director uh, for the youth theatre at Bristol Vic. So I went there, um, and uh, like you know, and then did my first uh, ever like, you know, professional play at Bristol Old Vic. And then I, I joined up with uh, HTV Drama Workshop. So I was it called now ITV West, I guess, Drama yeah. Workshop on the Path Road there in Brislington. Um, and they got an amazing drama workshop whereby um, they would do lots of, uh, like, we put on a lot of our own kind of television programs. There's a program called The Juice, a program called No Naked Flings. I don't know if you're old enough to remember that. Um, but that was on HTV, um, and then they'd have people coming in to audition you for like Casualty and the Famous Five and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I got a, I got a few jobs like that and uh, and got on really well. And then when I was sixteen, I left school um, and then went to work in the post room HTV, uh, and then like you know like you know carried on there for a couple of years, worked my way up to being a researcher, mm. and then uh, we got made like then I was made redundant. Um, and then I was able to do something called, uh, oh, I, I, like my, my line manager at HTV gave me this, uh, like, you know, th this opportunity to go and do like a two year BTEC in about six months, All right. a year or something like that. So it's called accredited prior learning where they got to tick a lot of boxes, um, and like, you know, kind of push you on a little bit so you didn't have to do the whole course. Like fast track. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I went and did that, um, uh, at Filton. Um, and then, then I went to then I went to university. Um, I went I went to the University of Middlesex. Then I got a scholarship to go and study in San Francisco. And I went to San Francisco for a year. Very but nice. It's a long winded story. Sorry about that. But, yeah, um, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah but went to San Francisco for a year. Came back um, and then started out because I needed money straight away after graduating. Um, so I went to work as a runner 
for a, a company in London that made uh, commercials. Right. And uh, I, I kept saying to the director, it's like, you know, I'm like, oh, put me in something, put me in something. I'm an actor, put me in something. <laughs> and because uh, I bothered them so much, they ended up putting me in something. And from that, uh, like, you know, the rushes are all the, the all the stuff that you shot. It's called the rushes. So rather than the finished article, it's just all the things they filmed that day. I'd have that, and I used to I, like I edited together like bits of that um, uh, the footage mm. from from a couple of uh, uh, commercials that I had. Cut them into a showreel. Um, and then I took them to every agent in Soho and said, "Look, I'm an actor. This is what I've been doing. Like, you know, come and see me. Mm. Uh, like, give me a call." And then, fortunately, an agent gave me a call, um, and, and and like I was in. I, I got that agent and never looked back. Really. So I suppose like my like you know, my message is just be dogged in your determination. Um, there's there's lots and lots of talented people in the world, but also like an old actor once said to me, he was like, "Eventually, he was just like most actors either give up or die." Yeah. You're just like so. Like, if you stick with it, and, you know, like you know, then and then then you'll 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 stay the course. You know, if you're a talented person and people think that you're good at what you do, um, and you're dogged and your determination is all you want to do, the only thing in the world, just be single-minded and don't. There's a million people that are going to try and put you off and tell you you're rubbish or tell you you need to give up or get a trade or get your head down, do yeah. something sensible. But I can't think of anything else I'd rather do. You know, like, yeah. you know, like I know it sounds really cheesy, but I bank's out of bed in the morning and I have such a lovely time, like you know, like you know, like working with these incredible people and just telling mm. stories. I can't think of anything else I'd rather do. So. Uh, because I never knew, or I never had a sense of vocation any other way, I thought, well, sod it. Like, you know, this is this is this is what I'm put here to do. So, um, fair play to you, mate. Uh, it sounds like it's well, been, just, it's been a bit of a graft like to get involved. It's been a bit of a graft to get involved. It's not certainly not come to you, is it? Yeah, but if you, I, I just think that there's like anything in life, whatever you want, whether it's a girl or you know, wherever, like, you know, whether it's a career or anything like that, if you see a chink of light or you see a little bit of opportunity, then it's up to you to kind of, like, you know, sort of metaphorically kind of kick the door through and, like, make yourself, you know, like, put yourself out there. And, like, you know, and I feel like, you know, just be bold, be brave, swing big. Like, you know, what's yeah. the worst thing that can happen? Excellent. I'm not a religious person, so I just think you get one crack at a whip and then when you're gone, you're gone. So, yeah. no, I mean, just looking... Just do all the things that... Just looking on IMDb, your first few um, acting credits, Belly Button, The Giblet Boys, and The Basil Brush Show. Hey, I'll tell you what, do you know what? <laughs> when I went to The Basil Brush Show, this is how, I, 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 was, I was such a cheese boy, I turned up, and, 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 like, and had my audition, and I said to the lady afterwards, I was like, oh look, I'm going to be really unprofessional now, and she went, you want your photo taken with a fox, don't you? I was like, yes please, because I didn't know if I was going to get the job, mm. you don't meet Basil Brush every day, do you? Certainly I not. I had a selfie with Basil Brush. <laughs> That's excellent, excellent. But just going back to your, your story about um, pushing for what you want in life, that kind of ties in with, we interviewed Ian Matthews, the drummer with Kasabian, and he said the same thing, that... He had, he had a job and he basically he just decided he gave that up and he, he was going to drum full time and it, it took him a long time it's, you know you, you still need lucky breaks but obviously look where he is now he's done really well so I think yeah what you're saying is really it's just be positive and just push on if you if you feel that passionate about something and you know success will come your way if it's meant to yeah absolutely I mean like you know it, it's difficult to quantify but all, all I think to myself is like I don't, I think that there is a real danger that they would like you know, put, putting all your eggs in one basket that a lot of the population, quite rightly, doesn't necessarily want to do because they just think, well, if this all blows up in my face, then I could be destitute. Mm -hmm. But I, for me, it's never been about the acquisition of material wealth. Like I am by no means a wealthy person. I live in a like a, a two-bedroom terrace in Walthamstow here, um, 
but but I've got all the things I need. Like I've got a roof over my head. I've got enough. Like I've got a couple of quid in my pocket to go and have a beer with me mates or whatever. And 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 I get to like you know tell stories every day and like you know get chased by orcs in Beowulf and stuff. <laughs> and, like, you know, and then like and then uh, like you know wander wander around beautiful beaches in Dorset with Pauline Quirk with a dog. And, you know, it's, it's lovely. It's lovely stuff. And like you know whilst I'm never going to be probably never going to be a millionaire. I'm happy enough, and I just think that, like, you know, you can't put a price on that. I did. Um, I did have a question submitted from um, a one Aaron Cole about Pauline Quirk and her dog, <laughs> um, but um, it's not not really safe for the podcast. That one. We'll come back to that off air, maybe. Um, uh, I, I, I was going. I was going to give his address away. On, uh, <laughs> on there. So you can all go round there and throw things, throw things, throw rotten fruit at him. But he's a. Uh, He's, 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 a, he's a lovely man, Aaron Cole, and, uh, and, and so's his missus. He punched him right above his weight with that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, just looking back through your filmography, obviously, would you say Broadchurch was your um, big break, so to speak? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. And like, yeah, you know, I, I, I remember my, uh, my, my, my palms being all wet and sweaty when I, uh, when I walked into that ring for the read through. Yeah. Like, you know, you're walking out in the front, and then you're seeing David Tennant, Olivia Coleman, Pauline Quirk, like, you know, uh, like Andy Buck and Jamie Lee Whitaker. <laughs> Bloody hell! Yeah. Uh, yeah. All um. All very nice people. They were lovely. Yeah, all very nice people. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you've got to say that, and everybody says that anyway, yeah. but like, it, they were absolutely brilliant. And the idea of going back to Bristol as well, because uh, we were filming in, in Dorset, but we were also filming in Bristol, or staying in Bristol, and then filming down in Clevedon, uh, it was really nice, because right. I was the only one who knew the area, really, so I got to... Uh, I got to take uh, the gang out for uh, for a couple of jars down the Cory Tap. Oh my god! After a couple of uh, points of exhibition as well. <laughs> you did with did uh, did Tennant and Coleman come along to the Cory Tap? Um, I, I, I can't remember. I don't think David did, but um, but, but, but Olivia certainly did, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and 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 we all we, we all went out uh, on for the rap party. We all went to Mr. Wolf's. Nice, very nice. Yeah, that was good. It's quality. Also, just quickly touch on. I, I see, and um, you've you've done a few voices for um, computer games as well. How did that come yeah, about? How did that come it. about? Well, the, be the best part of that is um, like when you see the people that you play. Uh, I, I play this guy called um, Crichton of Mirror in uh, in Dark Souls Two. Right, yeah, Dark Souls 2, yeah. And uh, he's an absolute unit with a broadsword. I mean, like, you know, I, I could have spent my life in a gym and I'll never be as cool as that, dude. So uh, it's always nice. I, I love working uh, with my voice, like, you know, like doing uh, doing cartoons. I play Chugganeer Fletch uh, in Chuggington. So if anyone's listening who's got little kids and stuff, I'm one of the Chuggineers. I'm a little green and white Aztec train. And, oh, um, um, my, my, my little girl it. likes ch Chuggington. I'll have to, uh, have to point it out to her. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, we're 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 the, we're the chuggineers, and it's so much fun. Like, you know, it, it's it's one of them cartoons that you remember when you were a kid. Do you remember like the raccoons? Yeah, oh yeah. And, and it was all about caring and sharing, and like you know, and and, and the Evergate Glade Forest, and keeping it away from big business that Cyril Snear used to run the show. <laughs> he wanted to chop it all down, and they were just working as a little community, all putting together, caring and sharing for one another, and 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 Chuggington's like that. Yeah. It's just nice to kind of, in fact, you forget as an adult, you get so kind of bogged down being so serious and cynical, mm. it's just nice to watch them programs sometimes and just go, yeah, it's just nice to be nice, isn't it? Exactly. It's nice to be good to each other. Exactly. Great, great message. Great message, Joe. Um, <laughs> uh, just so, got a few more questions written down here. Um, 
So we, we spoke about what how... I'm saying as well, sorry, just Go quickly, on, mate. But it's nice to, it's, it's nice to play a train uh, that's talking about Karen and Sharon, because uh, whenever I'm on telly, I'm normally kind of knocking people over the head with a shovel or pointing crossbows in people's faces. Well, exactly, so, that's, uh, uh, yeah, that's where we started, wouldn't it? You play a mentalist, basically. <laughs> Uh, to, to get, show me softer side. Yeah, get in uh, touch on, with the softer side. Yeah, excellent. And in the archers as well. Very, very posh. Oh, I was, I was nasty in the archers though. Oh, were you? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so going back I to... Got, I got told, when I was on the archers, I got told that I had to tone down me, uh, me, 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 um, my rural accent. <laughs> uh, they said that it was just too... I was like, you can't take a Bristolian accent out for a spin on the archers. <laughs> where, where is the archers supposed to be based? I've got no idea. Well, Ambridge, uh, I think geographically, and I don't know because they'll be purists that can tell me better, but I think it is just outside Worcestershire. Hmm. Well, it's not, yeah, it's not miles away, is it? No, definitely not. So, I don't know, like, you know, I, 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 I think that it's probably fair to say that there's going to be uh, some kind of Gloucestershire burrins and they're knocking around there. Exactly. Um, but anyway, I, yeah, I had a lot of fun and that was a, that was a great show. Yeah. I, I really like the Archers, I'm a bit of a fan, so I'd love to come All right. Back. Yeah, can't can't say I've uh, ever given it a chance. Maybe I will now. Um, so the question You're a was: Jack FM man, aren't you? Well, no, Talksport, mate. Talksport. Talksport, okay. Perfect. Or uh, or uh, Bristol Radio Bristol for Twenty Men Talks Back and all that. Uh, Big shout out. Have you, ever, have you ever appeared on there? Have you ever been one of the fans on on Twenty Men? I've uh, never I've never dialed in, but I've tech I've, I've tweeted quite a bit. No, he does that thing where he gets um he gets free fans on, doesn't he? You either get some from the gas or from uh, from city, uh, and then they and they talk up, they put the world to rights for about an hour. Yeah, uh, yeah, it sounds like absolutely quality radio to me. What was the station you and Rich phoned yeah. up yeah. about? Uh, and you, you uh, made GWR. A, okay, what was his gag again? Yeah, we, it was a it was a traffic report on on GWR, I think, and um, it, we were on Feeder Road, and the traffic report came up and said Feeder Road is is tail to tail, bumper to bumper. And we were driving in down it, it was empty. So we phoned up and uh, Rich said, um, yeah, Peter Road's empty. It's empty as a rover's ground on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just alienated half of, uh, half of the city of Bristol there. Well, I think after, after 19 episodes of this, they know we're City fans, so... But well, they're welcome. You know your colours to the mast. They're welcome. <laughs> Actually, one of our guests, we've had a, we had a guest peep on for two episodes, and he's a Rovers fan, so we redressed the balance. Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, but he's also an Arsenal fan, so go figure. Uh, I've never understood that. I don't know how people have got enough love in their hearts for two teams. No, no, we've, we've covered this on previous episodes. It's um, it's it, I, I can't fathom that out, to be honest. If you're from Bristol, you should be a, a Bristol City or Bristol Rovers fan. Um, apart yeah. from the, yeah, the chap sat next to me, Mike, is actually a Liverpool fan, but he's got some he's got some valid reason. Like his dad bought him a kit when he was a youngster or something. Yeah, but it's something like that. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> every time I say it, the third Pete Rich won't let me speak. He just jump <laughs> on top and he just give it a big one. So I just give up. Yeah, Rich is a bit of a ranter. Essentially, I'm a ter- I'm a terrible human being. So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say Cardiff didn't give him back then. He's stuck in the darts forever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but just going back to how you got into acting, was there anyone who particularly inspired you, a particular acting hero, or was it just you just found yourself wanting to do acting? Oh man, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's one of it's one of those things. Like if it, like if it weren't for the firm and of uh, like you know, that drama teacher I had, 
Um, well, I, I, like, I had two drama teachers. I had Mandy Langston at school, who was great, and then got me in a Bristol Vic and stuff, and just gave me that kind of confidence. Because I wouldn't say that I was particularly, um, you know, academically. Then I, I wasn't really pulling up trees. So uh, it was nice for someone to kind of give me a sense of purpose and a sense of vocation. Because I'd always been quite, uh, quite, quite loud and quite a gregarious chap. Um, but yeah. you know. My, my my old history teacher used to say empty vessels make most saint. I know, I've heard you, I've heard you on the terraces. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, so, so it was, it was nice, like, yeah, it was nice of her to kind of give me a sense of vocation and then uh, I had, there was a lady at, at HTV, um, uh, the workshop there, called yeah. Vanessa Beauty. It was absolutely uh, excellent. It kind of, uh, you know, kind of molded me, I suppose, and kind of giving me that sense of uh, sense of purpose to, 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 to crack on and feel comfortable mm. on stage and then okay. on set and all those kind of things. And then, mm. uh, you know, you just kind of learn as you go. I suppose, really, after that, you know, life's like a, I know it's, oh God, I come up with so many cheesy phrases, but um, life's like an apprenticeship. And what, are you going to say a box of chocolates then? Huh? <laughs> yeah, you never know what you're going to get. Um, but like, you know, I, I just think that you should never stop learning. Like from people, every time you meet people, like you know, everyone's got a story. Everyone's got a way of kind of illuminating your way. Um, like you know, and, and like as long as you kind of keep your eyes and ears open uh, and you're receptive to new information, then actually you'll keep getting better. Mm. You know, as an actor, you just want to try and turn in as close as you can to the perfect performance, but you'll never ever get there. Like you know, you're always going to be critical and you're always going to aspire to something a little bit more each time. Yeah. And I, hopefully, I'm I'm I'm, I'm like that. Like in, in life, I try and keep my ears and my eyes open and uh, yeah. and and listen to everybody. Excellent, good attitude there, mate. Um, was there is there any particular actor is your favourite actor you'd say or not? Not really. Are you are you into films? Do you love do you like watching films and stuff or? You just prefer yeah, the actual. Oh, mate! I'd like, you know, I, I, I'm, yeah, I've got a voracious appetite for for films, and um, like, you know, I, I, you know, there's 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 so many kind of fantastic performances. I think that a personal favorite for me was someone like Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know, mm. like, you know, I I, I realized like, you know, fairly early doors that like, you know, I'm not going to be uh, like, you know, your leading man material. But also, I never really felt that that was the most edifying work anyway. Like, you know, all right, fair enough, you get to cop off the beautiful girl and stuff. But you know, like, getting to play the kind of character actor and stuff means that you get to do more exciting things yeah. you know like characters like Nigel Carter and uh, like you know, you know the other other characters that I've played um, always seem to have lots more going on so many more kind of layers uh, to, to, to their character and I just can't wait to start kind of that's like a Christmas present you just get in there mm. and start like in a rehearsal room just start you know getting to get into grips with these kind of people and it's so exciting like you now I've, I've, I got to play um uh, a guy who got sentenced to lifetime incarceration for killing a congressman's daughter. He was from Texas. Um, I did it at the tobacco factory, actually, in, in Bristol, All right. uh, among other places. Um, and that was an amazing character. Like, for 90 minutes, because, like, like, basically, I, I, I said to my mates, I was trying to get my mates to come along, and a lot of my mates are, you know, like, welders and plasters and brickers and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, why, why should we come along to that? I don't want to come along. I'm just like, just come along. Like, it's 90 minutes of your life. Your mate's in something. Like, you know, just come down and see it. Yeah. Like, you know, you'd, sit there, you'd sit there and watch me if I was on the telly, wouldn't you? And they're like, yeah, well, we could sit there and scratch ourselves and be pants. <laughs> but you can't do that in the theatre. I was like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> but, yeah, just come, come there in your jeans and a shirt. Be well behaved. You can have a couple of beers and it'll be all right. And, yeah. um, and they got to see it. And that was the biggest, that's the biggest lift I've ever had. Because they were like, for the first 10 minutes, yeah. we are like, oh my God, since he's on stage, they're like, you know, just watching your mate. But then they said that something kind of clicks and you feel like you're watching someone else. And that is, like, I, 
like I know again it sounds cheesy, but that is exactly why I've got into it. Yeah. And I, I and I and I think that theatre is so important in that way. If you've never been to the theatre, I know it might might sound a bit like you know, a bit kind of naff, a bit middle class and stuff like that. But when it's done right, it's absolutely magic. When you're in a small like you know, especially when it's like you know, kind of small confined space, yeah. people are doing it and anything could happen. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Like anything could happen and like when when things get tense uh, like you know, in, in this kind of fear, like it's, it's like a little powder keg. You know what it's like when you go to the football and stuff like that, and that excitement just builds and builds and mm. builds because the players are earning that excitement because yeah. of what they're doing on the pitch. Well, actors are doing exactly the same on the stage, and when it's done right, it can be absolutely incendiary. It's quality. Amazing. You know, I've been to um, a couple at the Bristol Old Vic in that, not in the main sort of theatre, but in the sort of the basement. I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. I went to see. A mate of mine, a mate of mine who went to school with Stuart McLaughlin. I can't remember the. Oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know Stuart. Do you know Stuart? He's a ukulele, doesn't he? Yeah, he's in a Zuzu Men. His Zuzu Men, yeah, yeah. And and he's um he's got a double act, sort of acting double act. Him and his mate Howard. I can't think what. Howard, that's yeah. it. Yeah, we went to. Okay. They, they did a thing. I think it was Churchill and his dog or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's and I'd never been before, and it was it was um yeah, it was certainly a head head turner for me. Oh, that's good. I mean, like, you know, he's a, he's a smashing chap, Stu, as well. I've never seen him in anything, but I've met him socially uh, once or twice and uh, found him to be a very, very nice man. Yeah. But that's the thing as well. Like, you know, you, 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 if you get experiences like that, like good experiences, then people will just keep coming back. But there's, there is there is a little rubbish being made, but there's also some really, really good stuff. Tobacco Factory, uh, Bristol Vic, the studio more for me, because it's where the new writing happens. And it's like, you know, it says something. If someone's got something to say... Ain't no different. Like, yeah, people come from all different social stratas and stuff like that. Like actors, um, directors, and writers and stuff. They, they they walk among us. They're the same as every, like, same as you and me. Mm. And and if you've got like a voice and you've got a way of saying something, like you know, a really exciting way of saying something, and I think that voice is is worth listening to. And uh, like I say, yeah, when it's done well, it, it it's it's exciting stuff. Mm. You mentioned um, a few minutes back about doing uh, doing a different voice. Um, so obviously, in the, the Christopher Jeffries uh, TV program, you play Vincent Tabak, who obviously is hasn't got a Bristolian accent. So, uh, how did you find that? Yeah, I, I think more than like you know, more than the accent, it's uh, like it's difficult because it's uh, um, it's something, it's an awful, uh, um, it's an awful thing that that affected. Everybody in Bristol, I think, yeah. and like you know, I think it kind of intrinsically woven into the fabric of the city now. Like what happened to Joe Joanna Yates um, was like you know was 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 such a horrible horrible thing, and like mm. you know, like you know, my, my thoughts and feelings go out to like you know to, to, to the Yates family, and I think that it, that was important to me. I think when I first went into audition for the role, um, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just like you know just a, a, a kind of television production company yeah. looking to get. They're a pound of flesh. Like, you know, we had a duty of care that was owed to that family and, and also as well to Christopher Jeffries. And, I, and, and it was very important to me to make sure that that was borne out and that was like part of the kind of directorial vision or the production company's vision and stuff like that. So I don't want to get too too dark or whatever, no. but I think that was really, really important as a Bristolian and, 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 of course, as a person. And when I was kind of satisfied that that, that was all met and everybody else was singing from the same hymn sheet and thought it was very important to tell this story, then... Uh, I was uh, I was very very keen uh, to get on board. We actually wrote um, the, uh, to, to to Vincent to back uh, the director and myself um, right. to see 
if he with us in prison, um, we go in and see him um, because you know obviously in order to be able to kind of portray someone, you want to yeah. have all the information at your disposal. But um, he, for whatever reason, didn't want to uh, uh, want to speak uh, with us, which is entirely his prerogative, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so I did the best I could with uh, like you know with with the information that was made readily available to me. Yeah, well, definitely, it was it was very very believable, mate. Um, uh, but in terms of um, other accents, mm. what have you got in the locker? Uh, no, I, none, none. I'm going to try a few today. <laughs> uh, but like, I was on the like one one of my favourite jobs ever. I spent a year on the radio drama company, um, which for any actor in the world, like yeah, you should definitely get like you know get in touch. Um, with uh, with with uh, the radio drama company because you get to do all kinds of different stuff like you. Know, so I got I had a year's contract in the end. Um, so you have to do lots of different accents. I think if you've got a strong regional accent, mm. you've got to get pretty good pretty quickly uh, and do another accents because otherwise you're going to be in a world of trouble. Twice um, cast, like yeah. you, know, you you can't just be a Bristolian like you know actor forever. Like you know you need mm. to get your received pronunciation down. So that's like you know sound, like let's sign in posh. Yeah. London, Estuary English is a must, and then obviously, yeah, your major cities. So you want to get your Liverpool, Manchester, Birmingham, yeah, um, probably a Yorkshire one in, and, and probably Glaswegian, I would say. Then and then of course work on American. But yeah, yeah, I, 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 it's so weird because what what a weird profession I'm involved in. Like you know, my girlfriend thinks it's crackers because I she'll come in sometimes, and I'll just be sat in front of a mirror, like doing <laughs> fake, like doing faces, doing voices, walking funny, all these kind of things that you just play with, like you know, when you're in rehearsals and stuff, um, and especially for like you know, when you're preparing for parts for the radio or like you know, like the the, the video games I've done, mm. it's 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 meant it's a mental made to make a living because I'm mostly I'm just on my own in front of the mirror, mm. like some kind of narcissistic knobhead. <laughs> <laughs> just doing weird voices and striking weird poses. It, it's, it's crazy. But ain't no different, really. Then do, you ever, do you ever, with your brothers or your sisters or whatever, used to get the airbrush and, uh, and then on, on a tape, like, you know, like record your own radio shows and all that? I the person did that? Well, no, I think I, I, think I would uh, partake in a bit of karaoke now and again, but never did a radio show until, until we uh, started doing this podcast about a year ago. So um, got round to it in the well, end. I, do you know what I, I also used to do? For some reason, I, when I used to play championship manager when I was a kid, Classic. I used to interview myself uh, after a good game. And uh, for some reason, as a manager, I'd always have a Scottish accent. I suppose it was the Sir Alex rubbing off on me or you know, Kenny Dog Leash and stuff like that. Nice. I'd always just answer like you know, as if I was Joe Sims, the Scottish football manager. And uh, I, I think, I don't know, I, I, I just, I'm just basically a certifiable weirdo. Well, that's but, not, but, but we all are, but you get paid to do it, so that's fine. But a good one. <laughs> that's the best. That's the best thing. Before they lock me up, we all get a mortgage paid. So that's, that's Scottish accent then. I was like, how would that go? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. You have to listen to Radio 4. He's saving that. He's saving that. Um, so, yeah, so obviously we touched on that. Um, yeah, and I just wanted to say also uh, that Jason Watkins, I thought, did an amazing job as Christopher Jeffries as well in what, in what must have been a difficult, difficult role to, to, to run. 
he was outstanding. Like if you if you were to look at like you know like an actor for sheer professionalism alone, like he would walk around. He had a dossier uh, of uh, of Christopher that you would always be going through transcripts, things that he'd said. He was working on that accent morning, noon, and night, and he would sit there. He'd sit there with Christopher whenever he's got a spare minute with Christopher. They'd be working on things together. When you put them together, you couldn't tear them apart. It was absolutely spooky. Mm. Um, uh, you know, testament to Christopher Jeffries. He was very like you know, very forthcoming in terms of his time and stuff on the production yeah. um, but I thought that you know I, 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 I thought Jason did, like you know is a, he's a fantastic man um, but just an exceptional actor yeah. like you know just he, he, like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I mean that, that that performance was as good a performance as you'll see mm. in anything yeah. um, like you know it was, it was absolutely top drawer so um, like you know and that's what I mean about like you know life being a bit of an apprenticeship and stuff you know you can't do, you just kind of sit there open mouth and just watch and learn because yeah. you know, that's the cheapest drama school you're ever going to get yeah, exactly. you know, just, like you know just trying to emulate the successes of like you know other people and just go what you're doing there is absolutely bang on and, and that came from Graft as well. Like, he's walking around with a dossier. It's not just, like, turning up, putting on a wig or whatever, and then just learning your lines and just regurgitating them. You know, it's, like, you know, that, that, that came from, like, hours and hours of painstaking research. And, uh, you know, and, and, and he was equal to that task. So, testament to him, he deserves all the success that comes his way. Mm. Okay. Um, before we get on to a few quickfire, more, more, uh, more silly, should we say, questions... Um, if you could be, if you could be in any film ever made or TV series, what would it be? Uh, I I would want to play uh, Matt Damon in Good Will Hunting. Very nice. I thought you were going to say yeah, Matt. I, think I, I thought you were going to say Matt LeBlanc in Friends for a minute. <laughs> do, do you know? But do you know what though? I, 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 my, if you were going to say a TV program, I think I'd like to be Chandler in Friends. Yeah. No. Very nice. Yeah. I just think I just I, you know that that part. Everyone um, wanted to, everyone wanted to be in friends, really, didn't they? Everyone wanted to have that apartment and have those friends. I mean, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars an episode. Per episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is there more than that? A million or something stupid? Probably his name. Yeah. And and to be knocking boots with Courtney Cox as well is uh, no bad thing, I'd imagine. So uh, I, yeah, I was more yeah, of a I was I was more of a Jennifer way. Aniston fan myself. I'm more a Jennifer Aniston fan now, to be honest. She's <laughs> fifty and she's knocking fifty. Crikey. Should, I think she's single again, and she you should write her a nice letter. Yeah, right? we'll get her on the podcast. She probably listens to the podcast. There yeah, you go. probably listens. Yeah. What are you doing knocking about with this Bristolian weirdo? Jeff Raniston, dream big. We got to build up. We got to build up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a stepping stone. <laughs> yeah, basically, um, you're our Raheem Sterling. <laughs> I wish I had his uh, sideburns. He said he was a he was a, he was using Man City as a stepping stone, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. A stepping, a stepping stone to what? I mean, like, well, I can only assume. Seven kids that he's got to pay, like, yeah, he's got to pay for, hasn't he? I can only assume Real Madrid. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, he, hasn't had, he hasn't had that great season. Anyway, um, right, let's just go for a few quick fire questions, then, Joe. And uh, they're going to we're going to throw in a few uh, Bristol City references as well. So, Sh Sean Taylor or Aidan Flint. Tell you what, there's no, there's no more surefire header of the ball in the world than Aidan Flint. 
Um, and I said that if he scores another rat trick this season, I'm going to buy him a pony. Um, and, 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 like, yeah, there's an ongoing thing that he and I have got going on on Twitter. Um, so I'm, I'm going to have to go with uh, the ex-Swindon legend uh, and Br- current Bristol City legend, Aidan Finn. Well, I was going to say, ex- Sean Taylor's ex-Swindon as well. I wonder where you're going to go. Um, uh, there you go. I mean, I, I got a lot of time for Sean Taylor as well. And I wouldn't want to fight over them. i got to say that. <laughs> no, never would I. Uh, Bob Taylor or Andy Cole? Oh, 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 Bob, Bob, Super Bob, Super <laughs> Bob Taylor, all day long. Yeah. I loved Andy Cole, but I don't know. Bob, went, Bob Taylor was when I when I first started going down the, the gate. He kind of uh, he, he won my arm. Um, so like yeah, there's always gonna be a piece of art going with Bob Taylor. Yeah, he was there a bit longer as well, I think. Certainly, he was. He certainly was. He never had the. Uh, he never hit the uh, illustrious heights that, uh, that Andy uh, that, that Andy hit in his career either. Exactly. So uh, he yeah. deserves me love. Definitely. Bit of an easier one for you now. Jack Anoski or Lee Trundle. <laughs> well, the, the the thing is, old Magic Daps um, is a friend of mine, and he got me. Uh, he got me to play in a, a celebrity game uh, at the Liberty, which oh, right. was great because it, the nice thing about being on telly is that like. Get to go places where your talent couldn't take you because I was a terrible footballer. As anyone who went to the Liberty and watched me play that day, in fact, I think my mum and dad were going to go home at half time because I embarrassed them so badly. <laughs> the, I, right, I, I, I was at the back. My uh, my, my centre half parent was Dane Bowers. Remember Dane Bowers? Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's me and Dane Bowers at the back, and, and, and our, uh, our manager said to us, he was like, right, one of you's got Mark Lee Trundle, <laughs> and one of you's got Mark, Mark Ian Bill. <laughs> put me, put me on Ian Bill. I, I want to mark Ian Bill, obviously, because right. uh, he looks like he's running in treacle. Um, <laughs> and all magic daps was absolutely fantastic. So I, was I drew short Swansea draw. As well. I got to Mark Lee Trundle, and he helped himself to nine goals during the ninety minutes that we played together. So uh, it was embarrassing. Jesus. Well, I didn't expect. But, I didn't expect it. Well, I to... will say. I will say in a, in, in a straight out shoot between him and Jackie Jackinowski for being Bristol City's finest. Uh, then there's nothing in it. Jackie Jackinowski every single day of the week. Thank you. That's the answer. sorry, Lee. That's the you're answer still I wanted. Lovely, but you're a lovelier at Swansea. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, off the subject of football, unfortunately, um, Alan Partridge or The Office? Because they're they're both they're both our favourites. Oh, mate, that is tricky. Um, because obviously, like, you know, The Office put Bristol on the map, didn't it? Like, you know, Stephen Merchant, our very end from Hannah. Yeah. Um, Gaze Road. Absolutely. Sorry? Gaze Road, Hannah. Is that, is, that, is, that where, is that where he lives, is it? <laughs> That's where his mum and dad still live there, yeah. Don't say the number. We won't see the number on air. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. I thought that just kind of uh, transformed comedy or the way we've seen comedy because everyone has tried to emulate that success since and they've never quite managed it. Yeah. So that was great. But I'm a massive Partridge fan. Yes. Um, so I, I don't know. I, 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 he's, doing, he's doing a documentary at the moment on Broken Britain. Alan Partridge on Broken Britain. Yeah, but I think that's great. But until I see... Um, like in do monkey tennis or was it you fossiling with Chris Eubank yeah. or uh, Sumo. Sumo, that's it, I don't yeah. think I could rest so uh, I think Alan Partridge just nice that's, that's my choice you, I think Patch would be the office that's your choice yeah, I'm yeah, the yeah. Fan, well I, I'm, I'm a massive fan of both and I probably know the yeah. scripts of both of them too too well to be honest um, but you know, I, if I had to choose I probably watched The Office more than Alan Partridge because there's only 12 episodes well 13 episodes isn't there 
Alan Partridge for me because he keeps though he's doing mid morning matters. He's still he's still strong. He doesn't lose anything. Oh no, he's absolutely he's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, long live both of them. Um, I was I was what I was watching the episode yesterday where he's addicted to tape rings. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And he just on about free sting. <laughs> and he drives to Dundee. Barefoot. That's where he drives to Dundee. Yeah. Yeah. That's quality. So, uh, yeah. God bless Steve Coogan. Smash him first. Yeah. Go back to the office. Do you know Do you know Steve Merchant? Because we want to get him on the podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, me. I'd love to, I'd love to meet Steve Merchant. Because my mum asked me the other day whether I could uh, go in, like, you know, LPA because they're trying to shut Cabrief Library. Okay, and, right. uh, she's going, Stephen Merchant is uh, like, going to bat for Hannum Library. I'm like, bloody hell. I was like, of course, like, you know, poor old Cabri for going to be the poor relation. <laughs> if I'm the player today, they have to hitch themselves to my wagon. I think well, Steve Merchant's going to get a lot of airtime for we, Hannah Library and for Cabri. But uh, anyway, if anyone's listening, keep Cabri Library open. Yeah, everyone heard that. Get on, get on Cabri, keep them open. Um, but we will we will have Stephen Merchant on this podcast in my lifetime. So keep keep stay tuned, everybody. Um, well, if you know where his mum and dad live, then uh, basically that's half the battle. Enough, then you should, yeah, exactly. Picture outside your mum and dad's house with <laughs> night vision goggles and a t- <laughs> You won't get arrested. You'll be fine. Yeah, it should it should be fine. Yeah, we'll just take take some chocolates and flowers for the mum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I honey, say you got me on. I hunted you, you down on the terraces. <laughs> um, Blur or Oasis? Oh, do you know what? It was difficult because, like, you know, I can't remember. I think I bought both of them. You know, like, was it Country Action Roll with it? Was that was that the two that were? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, or Wonderwall. Yeah. I, I, I think I think I bought them both. Um, I, I, I can't really I can't really tell you. Like I, I, one of the nicest things that my mate from Newcastle ever said is like Bristol is like a northern city in the south, and there's something about that, and it really resonates with me. You know, I I, I do feel like we're like you know I mean, we're we're a suburb, like geographically southern, but we've got that northern sensibility about us. So I think because I like. Uh, the Gallagher brothers better than I like uh, than, than I like Damon Albarn. I'm gonna say Oasis, but I think both of their musics were, were, were absolutely brilliant. Yeah, uh, correct correct answer. Oasis for me, definitely. Oh, I'm. I got a lot of I got a lot of stick when I was young, like mid teens. I liked Oasis. Everyone told me how bad they were and how they just ripped off the Beatles. And uh, yeah, I do like I do like Blur, but come on, Oasis, brilliant songs. I mean. Both, yeah, but both of them are a poor man's Wurzels for me. So, <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's what you miss it. Wurzels or Oasis? The Wurzels. Excellent. Definitely. Obviously. Their, their, their rendition of Don't Look Back in Anger. Oh, um, yeah. Brilliant. Anything that the Gallagher brothers done into a cocked hat. Exactly. <laughs> um, topical one for you. Batman or Superman? What, like, who'd win in a fight or who do I like the best? Who would you like the best? Ah, uh, Batman every time because you know Batman came from a privileged background, but he still got love for the streets. Superman <laughs> just happened to be born in Krypton, you know. He just got he just got genetically lucky. Uh, what nothing that Superman could do about it. His hand's already been dealt, but like you know. And and who's your favourite Batman? What? Who, who's your <laughs> who's your favourite Batman? 
actor-wise? It's, it's a it's a it's a tricky one. It's got to be Bale or Keaton, isn't it? Keaton. Well, I was going to say I think I, I think it's Keaton. Keaton's then, the Keaton's I, the most I, popular I think, choice. I, I would say I would say Keaton, but just because. But like I, I used to like guys like Jack Nicholson as a Joker. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. like got rest in peace, Heath Ledger and all that kind of stuff. But Jack Nicholson was born to play the Joker. He was mint. Yeah, I I I, my, I, I think I'd probably go for Bale, but that's just because I love the Dark Knight trilogy over any other Batman film, so I'd, I'd go for Bale, but this is, this is your interview, Joe, so we'll go for Keaton. Um, well, I remember going to the video shop back in the day, and I said to the, to the Blake in the video shop, and I was just like, oh, can you recommend any films? He went, Batman Forever, and I was like, nah, just a couple of hours, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's here all week, he really is here all week. <laughs> there you go, there's a dad joke for you. <laughs> when you used to go to the video shop as a, as a kid, this has been exclusive, did you used to look at the top shelf? <laughs> <laughs> No, he's using his dad's collection. Um, I, 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 don't know, I don't know what you mean. I seem, to, I, I seem to always rent space balls when I went to oh, brilliant, yeah. video shop. Um, here's one that Mike came up with. Do you want to, do you want to ask this question, Mike? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure we've not been asked this before. Have you? Did you used to play um, the computer game The Sims as a child? Do you know what? I, no, because as a child, I don't think... Was that going then? I don't know, actually. I, was I, it, I think so. I, I used yeah. to... I used to work. I used to work in schools and stuff, and they was all going, "Oh, Mr. Sims, like the Sims." And I was like, "I don't really know. I still don't really know what it is." I think it's like, like, um, like simulation. Like simulation. Yeah. I never played it myself, but I'm sure Patch did. I didn't actually. No, I, 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 I was more of a negative. Really I didn't really get it to be honest. I used to play like uh, sensible world of soccer was my thing, and then yeah. uh, like, you know, and then championship manager. It was all football related for me to be honest. Yeah. I think I had a kind of bash it up in Monkey Island and all that kind of stuff. But uh, then yeah, FIFA '97 came out, and that was game over. Mm. Um, we've got a question submitted from uh, a listener, Eve Morgan. Um, have you ever walked on a red carpet, and did it have a deep pile? A deep pile. Um, no, I have, I have been lucky enough to walk on a red carpet. It, it's really, really weird because people are people you don't know are shouting your name, and you think they're joking, and you never know when to smile because there's like, imagine like you know, like fifteen different cameras all going off at the same time, and then you're just trying to look at them, each of every one of them straight down the lens, so you don't come across as just looking too jaggly or too weird or anything like that. Mm. Right? After a while, there ain't nothing you can do. You just like you know, put your best like you know, weird smile on. You practice that smile in the, in the mirror, the one that you think that you look best in or the less kind of uh, geeky or psychopathic in, and mm. you just kind of go with that. Um, but it's yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a weird one. It's, it's a really weird one, oh, but it's, it's a lovely experience. I don't know about how deep the shag was. <laughs> I, think, uh, <laughs> I think they're probably... They're probably quite thin, the red carpets I, I walked on, I, I but think, I've never uh, been at the Oscars. If I do go, I'll tell you. I think that was just a sort of comedic twist to the question there. Um, See, that Eve, <laughs> she's, a, she's a comic genius. So it was, it was meant to be funny. It's, it seems to have backfired. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've... we've um, we're now at 50 minutes, Joe, so it's, time's flying because we're having fun. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I've got, I've got a tendency to rattle on a little bit. No, no, it's good. It's good. It's, it's good material, Joe. It's good material. Um, I'm sure a lot of it, like a lot of work I do, a lot of it let the cutting room floor do thank <laughs> Well, this is, this is going to go out uned, un, unabridged, unedited. Uh, right, okay. Um, what, um, just a couple of things to finish off. We've got one question we're going to finish with, um, but... 
we do a segment on the podcast called The Room of Doom, which is basically a rip-off of Room 101. So just wondered okay. if you wanted to make an entrance into The Room uh, of Doom for the next episode, and, and we'll put you up against our suggestions. Okay. Um, I would say then, do you know what really grinds my gears? Reserve signs in pubs. Reserved signs in pubs. You haven't had that before. It's a good one. Do you not have it? I, 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 I don't think I've seen it so much at Bristol. We're in London. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we have them, but we haven't had that on, obviously, on our Room of Doom. So it's a, it's a, it's a new one. Um, go on, why, why do you hate them so much? Oh, the other day I almost had a ding-dong with some absolute bellend. Who, um, <laughs> you know, like, you know, some kind of chippy little 18-year-old. He was too cool for a score in East London. He was wearing, like... A post ironic t shirt, he had a bum bag on and like some twirly moustache. I mean, already I wanted to chin him, um, but then he's just he's like, I'm sat there, I just bought a couple of pints with me, and like, obviously, because it's London, it's well over a fiver a pint, it's a scandal. scandal. And he's just gone, uh, he's just put his reserve site on the table, our table. I, I was like, well, What's this? And yeah. it was like seven fifty or something like that, and it said reserve from eight o'clock. <laughs> oh, I went apoplectic. I like, so I was like, you want me to drink up, finish, and then move from this table in 10 minutes? I just don't understand anything that that is a good business model. For me, like, one of the hands worth two in the bush. If you've got two people sat around a small table drinking, what are the other two people going to do when they come, if they come? And if they don't come, you've just pissed off the people that are already there. Mm. So that's a great entry. We'll put that into uh, the next episode where we'll give ours and um, we'll, we'll vote. So um, good luck with that. So yeah, re- reserved it reserved uh, signs in bars. Um, one thing uh, I wanted to ask was obviously ev- for the past God knows how long, 10, 15 years, on a Saturday morning, I've watched the same program and that is mm-hmm. Soccer AM and I know you've been yeah. on it. So tell us about that experience. <laughs> that was amazing because, like you, if I've been watching it for well over a decade, and the idea of doing it, like you know, it, the minute you walk into the studio, it feels instantly familiar because you you know everybody on it. Yeah. Because it's not just it's, it's not just that you know the presenters, but everybody that actually works on the show are in the show, aren't they? And there's such a lovely bunch of people because mm. they've got me back a couple of times to um to play because they do like charity games yeah. and stuff. So I've gone on and played with them, and and and, and that's just mint. They're, they're, so it's just it's such a friendly friendly gang of people chatting about a subject which I absolutely adore. So it just felt like the easiest thing in the world just to turn up. It's just like hanging out with your mates and just having a natter about football, really. Uh, like you know, so yeah. And they're all as they're all as nice as they seem as well. That was just a great weekend as well because we we got to go on it uh, and it was the day before um, we Be- went on and, uh, and and beat Walsall yeah. in uh, in the Johnson Paint Trophy. So uh, yeah, it was just a magical weekend from top to toe. That for me Never because I always like always felt to myself, you know, like in life you set yourself little goals and and, and it's different for everyone, of course. But one of mine was like if ever like I, I've done enough. Uh, like on the telly to be invited to go on Soccer AM, mm. then I'll feel that that's another little milestone achieved. So to be able to go on there and smile sweetly at Helen Chamberlain was uh, <laughs> was one off the bucket list for me. Ah, that's excellent. Are they all as nice as they seem, all the yeah. people? Yeah, yeah, even nicer than 
like Sarah. They're just exactly the same as you and me. You know, they're just they're just lovely, like you know, people that love football and can't believe their luck that they're doing their dream what, job. What a great and, job! Um, just all week to analyze tapes and find showboats and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It, like you know, you just think it, like it's a scandal that people are lucky enough to get paid to do that. <laughs> it's a shame they changed it of late. It's like less sort of comedy stuff on it. It's more they're trying to be more serious. It seems, but. It's still obvious. Yeah, that's it. But I think, like, you know, like, you know it, it goes through those things every now and again. We yeah. get different presenters and stuff. And, like, you know, it just takes a little while to yeah. find its feet again. But it'll get back to its best, no doubt. Do you think Lovejoy will ever return? <laughs> I don't know, mate. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, you know, it's not a question of whether Lovejoy will return. But it's like, you know, who, like, you know, who else might turn up to fill his boots? I'm yeah. taking it in a wildly different direction. I'd like do to I see him. Boy, do I you the boys fancy it? Yeah, well, I'll be, I'll be on there soon, I'm sure. <laughs> um, what? I... I I wish he would just come back for like a one-off special, just for just for old time's sake. Well, anyone can do it. Instead of that feathers bloke. I don't, I don't dislike him, but no, I think he's I think he's come on. He, come I, on he's, really well. he's grown on me in a positive yeah. way, but yeah, yeah. Hey, well, that's, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, Gary Neville grew on me, and as, as a lot of people were like, in terms of commentary and stuff, I remember hating him as a Man United player. I mean, yeah. like, you know, fantastic defender, no doubt about it, but I was thinking, I'm not going to like what he's got to say. <laughs> Vehemently against him, mm. but I think he, that, that play warmed the hearts of a nation. Certainly not Valencia. Certainly yeah, not, not a nation Spain, of Spain, yeah. but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> It, like you know, I, I you know, it just it was excellent. It was it was basically like getting given the keys to the dressing room um, when he started talking. Like it just talked so much sense, and I feel like I I watch football in a different way now, or a more mm. kind of uh, uh, more intellectual way as a result of listening to that yeah. man commentary. Well, he'll be back on. He'll be back on in uh, August, so uh, he'll be able to listen to yeah, him. Yeah, to, 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 to carry to carry on his war with Jamie Carragher. Yeah, right? exactly. All right. Um, so thanks very much for your time, Joe. We're just going to finish with one question, um, and that is: Meatloaf said he would do anything for love, but he won't do that. What do you think that was? Um, well, they say uh, you should try everything once, except for incest and Morris dancing. So my final answer <laughs> will be incest or Morris dancing. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks very much, Joe. Really appreciate the time. Best of luck with Thanks everything you uh, do in the future. Um, come on, you Reds, etc. And um, yeah, thanks very much for your time, mate. Good continued luck with you. Yeah, I'll see you then the gate very soon. I'll see you there shortly, mate. Brilliant. Take Cheers, care. Cheers, mate. Cheers, boys. I hope you enjoyed listening back to that as much as I did. Um, yeah, we spoke to Joe many times since on the podcast in person. He helped us out with a charity event back in May this year and uh, an all-round lovely bloke um, if you haven't done so already make sure you go on to the Bristol Old Vic website um, and purchase a ticket for his upcoming appearance in the Red Lion um, with David Lloyd who you, you may have seen down at Ashton Gate um, and yeah, really looking forward to seeing that we weren't able to see it last year due to Covid so um, looking forward to getting down and watching that. So, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. We'll be back again soon.